Kick back and relax with Mark and Carol as they describe Beverly Hills 90210. So as you can see, this is a brand new thing, but also sort of an old thing. Carol and I have decided to spin off the 90210 series and do its own series itself, which will come out every Monday, as you can see. We don't have openings for this because these were originally part of the original episodes that we did of Massive Late Fee. So this is a brand new opening, welcoming you to the show. Enjoy this episode of 90210. Okay, so let's talk about 90210. Carol, why don't you take us through the plot of this episode of 90210? Okay, so this episode was a little bit heavy. Um, It was mostly about Brenda. Yeah, it was quite heavy. Yeah. Um, So Brenda has decided that she wants her life to have more meaning. She went out shopping with Kelly and Donna for apparently the third day in a row, and that was just too much frivolity for her. (laughs) (laughs) And she gets all, like, just mopey and depressed. Like, she looks like me when I'm PMSing. You know, she's just flopping around the house. She looked really young in this episode, too, for some reason. Well, I mean, she is really young, because, I mean, I think we're expecting to see her... You know, in the most recent season when she's, like, college-aged, and then we see her when she's, like, 15, pretending to be 16, or whatever it is. But she she still looks younger than she does in other episodes of this season. I think it was just the way they did her hair and makeup this this episode. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they did that on purpose, too. But, maybe, but I don't know why they'd try to make her look younger in this episode. They might have also filmed this episode before they filmed other episodes. You think they film out of order? I, yeah, I think they probably do. Hmm. Well, for this one, she, Andrea, who is usually, I, I like Andrea. She seems like smart, competent, and, you know. 45. <laughs> she's smart. She's competent. She's 45 <laughs> <Right>. in high school. <laughs> but um, she was a real bitch. Yeah, she was not nice in this episode until she became nice. Suddenly, she turned around instantly. Well, okay, so she is apparently used to people wanting to volunteer at the crisis line and just dropping out. She said, you know, most people don't make it past their first shift, and, you know, but she kept telling Brenda, and I, and I, I mean, I get it. Because did, we, did we mention that Brenda wanted to do that, or are we just skipping that detail? Okay, so Brenda wanted to work with Andrea at the crisis line. Mm-hmm. They call it the rap line. The rap line. <laughs> 1989's best talk line. So it's volunteer run with the social worker supervising them. Mm-hmm. And it's for... That's what you want to do, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. That, would that be a fun job for you, supervising I, teenagers? Yeah, well, I would love... Well, I don't know about that, but I mean, I would love to volunteer at a crisis line. That sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. I can think of, I can think of no better Saturday night than to sit around the phones and listen to people complaining about uh, their parents and stuff. Um, well, I mean, obviously, as this episode shows, there's more serious stuff. Too. There is more serious stuff, but do you think that that's realistic? Yeah. yeah. So you think that teen lines... Well, we'll get into it, but I don't think that this situation happens that often. Okay. Uh, I hope you're right. Anyway, <laughs> um, Brenda wants to volunteer with Andrea, and she tries to talk her out of it. 
she's just like, oh, do you know what a big commitment this is? Are you are you sure? You, you know? got to train for three months, right? Like, I mean, just like I did it twenty years ago. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she's just really heavy-handed, and like, you know, it takes a certain kind of person, and all that. I mean, like, she's, she's being just really condescending so, and judgmental. Yeah, so insulting. And um, so Brenda goes for the first shift, and and basically, it looks like she's just observing. And, you know, they're they're taking calls, whatever, and she gets a call. This is so bad. She gets a call from Kelly yeah. her first day on the line that, you know, is supposed to be used for people calling in for help. Mm-hmm. And um, Kelly asks, what time do you want me to rescue you? So she says, well, the phones go off at 10. She's like, okay, I'll see you at 10. Mm-hmm. And she mentions that Donna is arguing with her parents because she has asked for a nose job and that they mm-hmm. have said no. Do you think that that parallels real life? Do you think that Tori Spelling asked her dad, Aaron Spelling, for a nose job, and he said, no, Spelling gets a nose job? (laughs) Who knows? But, I mean, I don't think she needs one. Her nose is a little big. Maybe a little, but, I mean, I think she's still pretty. She's For now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I know she doesn't grow up pretty. Maybe it's because she gets plastic surgery and she looks ugly later. Do you know how how they say guys... The, sometimes they grow into their face. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes they don't. Yeah. Like lots of guys that are really attractive when they're teenagers, they grow up and they're not as attractive because your nose and your ears and stuff keep growing. Yeah, it, just little bits, but they keep growing and they throw off the symmetry as you get older. So some guys grow into their face and some guys don't. She did not grow into her face. No, no, she did not. I think her eyes. Are, they're almost on the side of her head. <laughs> it's like she's a lizard. <laughs> she's a lizard person. Um, yeah, they're out there, as we learned in one of the massive mixtapes. <laughs> Anyways, um, so at the end of the night, Brenda is waiting for Kelly, who does not show up. Yeah, she, she, she's not there, so Brenda pounds on the door. Thank God there's a janitor. Like, I don't know what she would have done otherwise. She would have just waited out there, I guess. But the janitor the janitor opens the door, says, my people don't like homosexuality, just so you know. What? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, he's just reinforcing the stereotype I gave them earlier. Um, yeah, that's just wrong, okay? Don't, don't do that. <laughs> anyway. Everyone knows that I'm joking. If you can't take... A joke. I know we're in an age of political correctness everywhere. Everything's got to be sterilized and everything has to be exactly no one's feelings can get hurt and stuff like that. But come on now. We can all laugh at each other. (laughs) Wow. Um, anyway. Worst fake laugh ever, people? So, the... Vote now. (laughs) The janitor uh, lets Brenda in to use the phone, and she calls Kelly, who says, oh, I'm leaving now. Like, why, why, why would you not have already left? And then instead of saying, okay, I'm leaving now, and then hanging up and leaving, she goes, I'll call you back in a few minutes. What? Yeah. She's got, she's got Donna's mom on the line. <laughs> so I guess she's talking to Donna's mom about this nose job. I don't know. Yeah, it's very weird. She's very involved in this. And um, so Brenda's like, okay, fine. So she's waiting for her to call back. And the phone rings, and she answers it. And guess what? It's a crisis line. It's not Kelly. 
Yeah, it's some chick. And yeah, this this chick, it's so sad. Like it actually kind of made me uh, choke up a little bit when uh, she said, "How do you know if you've been raped?" Yeah, well, what she said, what she said is, so if you're making it with a guy, because you know that's the the phrase to use. <laughs> I guess if you're in, uh, like, uh, I don't know, middle school. I mean, in the movie that we watched uh, later, they use that phrase all the time. Yeah, they did. But, so she said, how do you know when you're making it and you ask the guy to stop and he doesn't stop? Is that my fault? That's what she said. That's pretty sad. Yeah. I mean, I like to make jokes about things, and I obviously... And I like to make fun of 90210, especially, but even I can't can't joke about that one. <laughs> it's kind of a, a weird way to put it, though. Like, when she says making it, if they're already making it, do you ask him to stop in the middle? Is that what she's saying? Cause... Yeah, I, I assume what she said was, or I assume what happened was, at least the first time. We learned that, that things get much darker yeah. from here. But I'm assuming what happened is the first time is he he liked her. He said, hey, let's go back to your car or whatever. St- Sanders, Steve Sanders, uh, scumbag number one, and even mentions it at the beginning. It's... It's like Grudge Week or or something like that. Spirit, we call it Spirit Week at our school, but it's it's basically they they have these competitions like a field day with another school. I think it's uh, Beverly High versus West Beverly. Yeah, High. and so it's a, a week long thing of this. And Sanders says, "Hey, you know," he says to Dylan, or not Dylan. He says to Brandon. You know, you should uh, you should look out. All the freshmen and sophomore girls they they hang around because they want to bag themselves an upperclassman and stuff. So the attitude is clearly the freshmen and the sophomore girls are there for the taking. Yeah. During this week, so I assume what happened is this guy said he, he picked her out and said, "Let's go back to my car or your car or whatever." And they started making out. They started fooling around. It got to a point where she said, okay, this is, I don't want to go any further. And he was like, fuck that. Uh, we're not stopping. And and that's what that's what happened. That's my, that's my assumption. But, okay, so when someone says making it, or what do you think they mean? I assume that she means in the, anywhere in the act of... Sex. So, if you're in the foreplay, making out part, if you're in, you know, whatever. I assume that's what she's talking about. I'm guessing they they were just getting to the pants-off portion when she wanted them to stop. But, I mean, that's speculation. But, honestly, it doesn't matter. If it's, if it's mid-thrust and a girl wants you to stop, then you just stop. That's, that, that's all there is to it, guys. Anyone out there... That thinks that you get to a certain point, and it's like it's like you're flying in a plane, and it's the point of no return, <laughs> where it's like we're not coming back from here. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Uh, that's my that's my opinion, and you can you can take that to to heart. Go fuck yourselves. But anyway, so yeah, any, at any point, if the girl wants you to stop, you stop. So 
we're not a hundred percent sure what Brenda really said to her, or advised her, other than you know, I think something like it's not your fault, you know. She yeah, well, she said it's not your fault, and she said, I mean, I don't think it is. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, the way the question was phrased, I, I even I have questions. Like, I'm not sure what exactly was going on. If you really want, you know, an answer, I mean, yeah, as a general, you know, rule. Then it um it's always you know like you said if if somebody says stop you stop but you know I'd kind of want to know the details I guess. Well, what details could could there be to make it okay to not stop if a girl says there's stop? no details to make it okay but it just to, in order to respond in order to walk talk through the problem to be able to I don't know I'd want to know more. I guess if I was in that situation and someone thinks they'd been raped. Whether I thought that they sort of brought it upon themselves, I guess for lack of a better term, I would still say no <laughs> until until later, maybe you know. Yeah, I, I mean, guess if the girl was like, "Well, you know, I, uh, you know, we started making out." I said, "Look, no matter what I say, I want to have sex. I like to play this game where I say stop, <laughs> where I say stop all the time." I mean, maybe that's the only situation, <laughs> right? But um. Yeah, I don't know. I, the, the first thought that went in my head when I heard that question was, if you have to ask that question, you were raped. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, that probably would have been my response. But Yeah, it's one of those things like when you get splashed with a bucket of water. How do you know? If you think, if you think you're wet. Then you're then, wet. Then you are. Yeah. Same um, thing. So, okay. So, Brenda eventually, I guess, gets to make it home with Kelly. And she tries to go talk to Andrea in the morning. Yeah, she does. She tries to basically say, she tells Kelly that she messed up. She thought it was Kelly calling. She answered it, and it was, you know, somebody on the teen line. She wasn't supposed to talk to them. She's all freaked out about it. And she's like, I'm going to get in so much trouble. So she tries to talk to to Andrea about it, but Andrea's hearing aids turned to to bitch. So, So everything that she hears... Comes out as, uh, you know, oh, I, I need to uh, be a jerk to this person. Yeah, she she immediately assumes that Brenda is trying to tell her she doesn't want to do it. And that, you know, she's backing out. Instead of actually listening to what Brenda's saying and trying to help. Yeah. So, I, mean, I honestly, I'm surprised that Brenda even came back that night. Like, I think I might not have. I probably would have just been like, fuck it. I'll find someone else to do because Andrea sucks. And- I, I think Brenda wanted to find out who it was. Because yeah. that was her obsession the entire episode. She heard this girl's voice and said, I know that voice. I know who that is. That She, she tells Kelly later, I recognized her voice. I think she's someone that goes here. And she wants to find out who it is the whole time. Which, I don't know, it seems kind of, like, wrong to me. I mean, it's an anonymous rap line. Yeah. So it shouldn't be her priority to figure out who she is just to help her. Exactly. It's the only the only time you'll hear anonymous and rap in the same sentence. Because those guys, well, I mean, I guess it's possible. Because a lot of those guys, they don't, they don't want to bolster themselves up. They don't want to... They don't want to brag. They don't want to grandize themselves. Right. Rap artists. You know. Right. They're very humble. <laughs> so. Like, yo, yo, yo. I, I got a two-bedroom apartment. <laughs> it suits me fine. So Brenda um, 
eventually, like, what happens? They call. The girl does call the next day when Brenda is there. Yeah, right at the end. Right at 10 o'clock when they're leaving. Yep. And Andrea answers and says, oh, it's for you. And and luckily, the supervisor is still there. And she's like, well, you don't put her on the phone and we'll help her through it, basically. Yeah, because she says, she basically, she explains it and says, I thought it was my ride. Who was late? I, I answered the phone. It was this person. And Andrea's like, what should we do? And the, the social worker's like, put Brenda on the phone with her because she has a, a rapport with Brenda. So that makes sense. Oh, and they asked too, like what the what the issue was, and Brenda said she thinks she was date rape, or no, she said possible date rape. And Andrea I think goes, she just said possible rape. Oh, possible rape. And and Andrea goes, oh, thankfully something easy. Was she being sarcastic? No, rape is a really easy problem to deal with. Of course, she was being sarcastic. She didn't. It didn't sound sarcastic. I don't know. It well, just sounded just, bitchy, like she, everything else that came out of her mouth the whole episode. She's just really bad at sarcasm, but. No, she, like, earlier she was talking to some guy whose mom walked in on him while he was masturbating. Right. <laughs> That's an easy call, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, so Brenda, you know, talks to her again, and the girl says, and it's just, like, unbelievable and heart-wrenching when she's like, it happened again. Yeah. Just the next day it happened again. Right. And, um... Then he was like rough with her. Is this when he brought a friend, or was it the next time? Next okay. Time. So, but he was rougher with her this time. Yeah. And so the next night, Brenda, um, they're leaving, and the girl hasn't called. Mm-hmm. And she is, you know, saying to Andrea, you know, let's just wait, let's just wait. She even gets the supervisor to give her like fifteen minutes to wait, but the right. girl doesn't call. Right. They're outside, and they, she gets her to let her. She talks Andrea into letting her back in and they wait till almost 11 o'clock and they're just leaving and she calls yep so that's when she says he brought a friend yeah Ugh. yeah you know i would i'm just amazed because as the episode continues it's like i mean she keeps going back into this same situation and not getting help and like i mean i'm not at that point it is her fault yeah you're right no 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 i'm not i'm not saying that but it's like what I just wish that I could understand like what all the factors were that led her to continue to go back into this situation. I do think it's one of the unbelievable things about the episode because we'll we'll find out at the end of the episode what the situation is. And even I questioned it. Not that it's ever her fault. It's not her fault. But well, we'll we'll get to it and I'll I'll explain my problems with it from a logical standpoint from how they wrote the show, not not in a real world scenario. So Brenda messes up though on the phone this time. Like she really upsets her because she says something to Andrea and she said, Oh, you're talking about me. Like yeah. you broke your promise or whatever. Cause she said she wouldn't tell anyone. And she said, it's just another volunteer at the, the thing here. And, uh, she, you know, she gets all pissed off. She, she hangs up. On she her. asks who? Yeah. And Brenda says Andrea, and she's like, "What's you know, what's her last name?" Because they figured out they go to the same school. And she says Andrea Zuckerman, and that's when she hangs up. Yeah, but now Brenda has had Brenda's like a computer. Brenda has had enough uh, instances of the voice to <laughs> to identify who it is. She thinks so. She walks up to a cheerleader that we saw at the beginning of the episode, and she knows her name. So I guess they have some sort of at least tertiary relationship. I mean, they might have just been in a class together. And she basically calls her out and says, hey. You know, I know it was you. It was you on the phone. And yeah. 
And, you know, the girl basically admits it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's, like, really angry at Brenda for, for making her deal with her face-to-face because the whole point of being able to call that line was being able to talk to somebody without having to do this. Which is true. Yeah. So, we see her then in the hallway, and it's after class. And there's a couple... There's a girl that's there. There's two other guys with that girl, too. Yeah. So, there's there's a girl there, and she says, Hey, you know, I don't know why she had to wait to leave. The, the cheerleader girl? I don't remember. Because well, they're just standing no, She in the was hall. waiting. Because the girl, the, the girl who she's talking to the guys was supposed to walk with her to her car. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even ride with her. Yeah, she was supposed to ride with her, I think. Okay. And then these two guys want her to go with them. And she's going to go with them. And she's like, well, will you at least walk me in a car? She's like, oh, they're not going to wait for me. i got to go. So she had actually lined up to have someone with her so that it didn't happen again. I, I guess. But here's the thing. So the problem is she's she's there after hours at the school because of this spirit week thing that's going on. And then she's got to walk to her car, which is in the parking lot. There are no first of all, there are no teachers there. There has to be some adults there supervising this event. Right. Even if it's just the gym teacher or whatever. She can't talk to him and, and without saying what happened to her, just saying, you know, I sometimes I don't feel safe. Can you walk me to my car? Or she, or just leaving a little bit earlier, or taking a different route, or parking someplace else, or having her mom drop her off. There's. I'm not saying it's her fault at all. I'm just saying I think logically, someone with whom who this happened to twice would do something like that to try to prevent it from happening again. Oh, I, for sure. I don't think she'd put herself in this situation a third time. Now she has to because of the way the episode ends. The the way that the way the want they want to end the episode, she has to put herself in peril like this again. But I don't think logically a person would. Right. And it doesn't make it it doesn't make it their fault if they do. I'm just saying I think a thinking person would have done something differently to prevent this from happening. Yes, for sure. So she walks to her car by herself, and these two assholes come up, mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, let's get in the car. And she's like, no, not tonight, please, not tonight. The friend is like, don't make us get rough again. Yeah. And then the other one's like, okay, we'll just do it standing up. Yeah, and then he grabs her and pushes her against the car, and that's when the police come out. Yes. With, like, it's like... I can't. It's like the end of a uh, of I don't know, like one of those uh, like cop shows or something like that. Right. But they all of a sudden they're out of the bushes with guns drawn on them and everything. You know, come here, creep, and they they handcuff them. And Brenda's there with Andrea and the supervisor and Brandon, I believe too. Yeah. It's just, and so she says, Brandon says, "How did you know?" Brenda and and Andrea says Brenda noticed that all the calls were coming after ten o'clock, so she figured that that this happened after she left for Spirit Day after the school, and she said something like Brenda was able to figure all that out because she's really smart or good at this or or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> I remember I was saying to you, I was like, 
Or because it's incredibly obvious. Yeah. All the calls are coming at this time of night. Obviously, this is when it's happening. And you know the spirit. You have all the information you need to put that together. Everyone should have been able to piece that together. (laughs) But yeah, so they save her from being raped again. So, I mean, that's good. Those guys are going to jail forever. And in the parlance of the show, it means we'll never see them again. What I don't like, though, is, I mean, Brenda really, really broke her trust and her anonymity and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yes, she saved her, but I don't like the way she went about it. But I think that's, you know how they say that it you can tell a psychiatrist anything because a psychiatrist, they, it had, it's like a lawyer. They have that relationship where they can't reveal your secrets and things like that. Uh-huh. But if you're going to kill yourself or you're going to kill somebody else or something like that and they have reliable you know information from you that they're going to do that then they're empowered to contact authorities to stop that right i think it's the same sort of thing i guess i mean obviously brenda isn't even trained in this line so there's no there's no code of conduct that she's supposed to have to follow but even from a moral standpoint i think that it's okay considering that she's stopping a, a capital crime. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, it was it was it was the right thing to do. I just I don't know. I just feel like sticking around and walking to her car. I mean, might have been. <laughs> well, Brenda had just come up to her and said, "I'll walk you to your car." Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's good the guys are going to jail. It just the whole thing seems oh, like absolutely. a little yeah. over the top, maybe. And my other question is like, okay, she's had she's been raped three times, three days in a row, right? The third day by two guys. The trifecta, yeah. And this is day four. She's a cheerleader, and she is physically up to going and cheering, and you know, <laughs> continue, I'm, I'm just this doesn't make no, sense. I, like I, I feel like she should be in a hospital. She at should this be point. pretty sore at this point. Yeah. 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 Especially they were rough with her one day. So. Yeah, I mean, I would just imagine that she would not be up to uh, Grudge Week or whatever. Yeah, well, in, in the real world, that would be the case. But it's fantasy TV world. Where this young actress didn't get... Well, I mean, maybe she did at some point in her life. But in this episode, she didn't. Right. So, yeah, that's that's the explanation for that. It's TV. Right. But anyway, so the subplot with, with, with Brandon, what did you think of that one? Oh my gosh, I almost forgot about the subplot with Brandon. Okay. That also dealt with rape. No, it didn't. Well, it, it dealt with possible rape, I guess. <laughs> Willing rape? Statutory rape. Yeah. So he, he there's this mystical woman that, that shows <laughs> up. She's got blonde hair. She's an attractive woman. Yeah, she's cute. But she's giving, she's doing acupressure on, what's his name, Nat? Yeah. That runs the peach pit. And she's massaging him, all these things, and he's making these sounds like he's having an orgasm. Completely obscene sounds, yeah. So, she's kind of flirty with Brandon, and he flirts back. He thinks the whole time that he's going to ha- you know, be able to have sex with her. She's like 26 years old. He's <laughs> 16 or 17 or however old he is. And so, she, go- she invites him back to her place to try this new rap type thing where they she massages oils all over him then gives him a shower or he takes a shower then she puts all these oils on him wraps him in plastic or whatever and it's supposed to be really good for the skin or something she says that 
she has trouble getting volunteers. Now, first of all, it's supposed to be this amazing treatment. You're getting a massage to start off this thing. I don't know why you would have trouble. And she's an attractive girl, so I don't know why you would have trouble finding people to do this. Well, I mean, getting wrapped in plastic sounds a little weird. I don't think you're, like, head-to-toe in plastic. I think they're just wrapping parts of your body in plastic. It's, it's. I think what they usually use at those trendy California spas is, like, seaweed. They right. They do the seaweed. Yeah, I've heard of the seaweed wrap, wrap stuff. And it's supposed to be really good for your skin or whatever. Who knows? But anyway, so... I think that's kind of what she's talking about. I, I would think he, she'd get volunteers for that. But anyway, he comes to her house, and she has a husband. that <laughs> she, Or a, at least a fiancé or a boyfriend or something. Someone who lives there. Yeah, but they... Who's older, by the way, too. Yeah, and he, he kisses her, and they... Oh, that's how... She was my best student. That's when I fell in love with her, blah, blah, blah. And so Brandon is crestfallen that he's not going to have sex with an older woman <laughs> but that's that's basically the plot of of his subplot and they give him the tibetan book of the dead yeah as as a gift because they said they give it to all our special friends which makes it sound like they are a couple looking for a bi curious male actually what it sounds like is they they're running a cult <laughs> They, something. They want to get him to Guyana to drink some <laughs> Kool-Aid or something. Yeah, I don't. It was very weird. That's a sad story too. We won't get into that. Yes, let's not. 